0: We come now to the final chapter of Philippians. Philippians chapter 4, verse 1. Therefore, my brothers, loved and longed for, that's my translation, instead of just whom I love and long for, it's a loved ones, longed for ones, my joy and crown. Stand firm thus in the Lord. And then this very same word is used at the end, loved, loved, loved. Father, as we look at this amazing and beautiful expression of Paul's heart for the Philippians, I pray that inasmuch much as what he experienced for them, we would experience for the, for the believers around us, the people we're called to care for. I pray for this in Jesus' name. Amen. I'll save for, uh, I think we'll probably spend three sessions on this verse, but I'll try to keep them shorter. Um, I'll save the therefore and the thus, both of which point back to what's just gone before for later. And right now, just focus on brothers loved, longed for. So he's calling them an affectionate term, as he does in all of his letters. They are family now. They are in Christ Jesus. And in Christ Jesus, we are all united. And we're united with God as our Father, and therefore we are brothers, which encompasses probably brothers and brothers sisters, because immediately he's going to start talking to two women, loved. I love you, Philippians, which first, I think, signifies when I'm about to give you an exhortation, stand firm. This word signals, I am not saying this to puff up my authority, but to build up your faith. In other words, love puts him as a servant, as we saw back in chapter 2, 1 through 4. He wants to be a servant. And so, when I speak to you in imperatives or what sound like commands, I want you to know it's love. In fact, if we uh, broaden out the context, therefore my brothers loved and longed for. My joy and crown stand firm thus in the Lord, loved ones. He says immediately, I entreat Euodia, and I entreat Syntyche. Now that's significant. This word parakalo, Repeated here, parakolo, he repeats it. He doesn't just say, I entreat Euodia and Syntyche. He says, I entreat Euodia. And then he repeats the verb, I entreat Syntyche. In other words, drawing attention to the fact that he's entreating. Now, why might that be significant? Let me show you something in Philemon, verses 8 through 10. Paul's writing to this friend, Accordingly, though I am bold enough in Christ to command you, I do have the authority to command you to do what is required, yet for love's sake, I prefer to appeal to you. Same word exactly. I, Paul, an old man, now a prisoner, also for Christ, I appeal. This word translated appeal here is translated entreat. And the reason that's important is because he says it's for love's sake that I'm not using strong command language. I'm using entreaty language, appeal language. So when he says, you are loved by me, I love you, he gives evidence for that already in the way he uses the word, I entreat you. And I entreat Syntyche. In other words, he's coming alongside them to try to heal the rift instead of uh, standing over them and speaking down to them in condescending ways. And um, he's modeling what he called for back in Philippians 2. Remember this amazing passage? If there's any encouragement in Christ Jesus, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love. We'll talk about joy next time. Having the same love. So he's telling them, if there's any love for me, if there's any love for me, here's how you can show it to me. And then he goes on to talk about, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. That's what love is going to look like. So back here, when he says, brothers, I love you, he's thinking in those terms. I want to serve you. I want to model for you now what I ask you to do for me there. If there's any love for me, then live together in harmony. I want to live for you right now as we move into the last chapter of this letter. So this stand firm exhortation here is an entreaty. It's an appeal, just like he will do with Euodia and Syntyche. And then lastly today, longed for not only loved, but longed for, desired. That word is used one other time in the book of Philippians. Let's go look at it. It's Philippians 1, 6 through 8. I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Christ. So he's, he's sure of the, the Christian beginning that they've made will last and come to completion because God's going to do it. Now, how, do, how is he so sure of this? It is right for me to feel this way, this confidence about you all. And then here's his argument. It's got two steps, here and here. Because I hold you in my heart. For you are all partakers with me of grace, both in my imprisonment and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel. Their response to the gospel and Paul in his imprisonment and in his defense and confirmation was such that Paul had them in his heart in a most remarkable way. What, what is remarkable about how he holds them in his heart? And then he he, he grounds it like this. For God is my witness, how I Long for, I desire you. Now that's the same word as right here. You are longed for. God is my witness, how I long for you all, and then this amazing phrase, with the affection of Christ Jesus. That's the ground of why having them in his heart makes it right for him to feel this confidence about their perseverance. Because it's not his desire, it's the very affection of Christ. Paul was confident that Christ had worked in him this longing. So here at the beginning of chapter 4, they are family. They are loved dearly. And they are longed for, and we may add, with the very longing of Christ. Isn't that amazing that Paul would slow down, use words like this to endear himself to them as he writes this last chapter. Next time, we'll go to my joy, my crown. And I want to ask the question, how can he call them his joy when he has said in 3, 7, and 8 that he counts everything? Everything is loss for the sake of knowing Christ Jesus, his Lord. Doesn't that loss include these brothers or does it? How how is it not a competition with Jesus when he says, brothers, you are my joy?